Okay, gotta, you gotta be brave and bold with me this morning. How many of you have ever taken like a personality test or assessment? Ever taken one of those? You know what I'm talking about? Okay, most people have. There's all kinds of different super popular ones. The, the most recent is the Enneagram. Any Enneagram fans uh, in the house? Okay, some, some of you Enneagram fans, some of you are like, I don't think you can do that in the church. So I don't know. I don't know where people stand on that. I know there's a whole bunch of debate on it. Uh, I don't really care, but there's all kinds of different ones. There's the, uh, the I mean, that's just, I mean, I don't mean, I don't care. I love, care about you. I don't, I don't care about that debate. So that's what I meant. So anyway, uh, you guys probably heard of the uh, Myers-Briggs. Anybody heard of Myers-Briggs, that one? Some of you know that you're like the ENTP or whatever. You know your little four-digit code or whatever if you've done Myers-Briggs before. Um, how many of you have ever taken the DISC test, DISC profile? In fact, yeah, you can throw the DISC up there. Uh, one, of the, one of the ones that, um, th- this is one of the most normal ones that you've ever seen uh, before. A lot of people have been able to take this. In fact, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna make us dive into this. So um, the, the DISC is the D-I-S-C, so dom- the dominant, the influencer, the stabilizer, and then the, the, ca- the cautious or consistent um, I want to just do this real quick and just see like how we're made up this morning. So uh, if you've ever taken this, how many D's do we have in here? Come on, show me your hands. I know you will because you're, you're bold and you're ready to steamroll anyone anyway, right? Here's the steamrollers. Okay, in the room, we love you guys. Okay, uh, how many eyes are in the, 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 the influencers, right? Come on, eyes, hi, hi. All right, extra, uh, introverts, watch out for those eyes. You want to be careful with them? How many S's are in the room? The, 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 the sweet, normal stabilizers. We, we thank God for you, S's, because you keep everyone else just on track and sane, right? Normal, sweet people. Thank God for you. Uh, how many C's? Any C's in here? Yes? A few C's? A couple C's? You guys are the ones that are always telling me when there's a typo on the slide on the screen. So I thank God for you, too. Hey, it's awesome. These are all fun things to be able to look at. I, I, I actually enjoy getting into some of those just because what you actually get to see is the uniqueness of the gifts and the personalities that God's put into every one of us. We, like from that tapestry of all these kinds of personalities and gifts, you get to, uh, you get to see the ways that God's wired us. And so it's funny to kind of joke about, but it really is powerful and beautiful and it's cool to be able to look at. And when we look at those kinds of things, it's really fun to see uniqueness in that way. And what we get to see from the Bible is that Jesus has unique leadership on his people as well. He's given us unique leadership. He's crafted unique culture carriers to help the world not just the church, but the world thrive to be able to live in fullness of life. And so uh, Paul was unpacking for the Ephesian church and what the Holy Spirit was doing for every one of us is saying, hey, you're a unique culture carrier. So let's look into what it means. You're one of those culture carriers. If you're here this morning and listening to this message, you might not even be a follower of Jesus. You need to hear this. You're uniquely designed 
and you carry something powerful and special and God is ready to activate it through Christ. You can't do it on your own. It's not something you get to gin up on your own strength and steam, but it's something that God is pouring out and giving to his church to see people thrive. And that's what's clear and important from this text. So we're going to look at Ephesians chapter four. We're going to jump in at verse 11 and we'll go from there. So he's given to the church is what Paul's saying to the church is what the Holy Spirit's saying to us. He's given apostles and he's given prophets and he's given evangelists and shepherds and teachers to equip God's people for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus. That's where we're all headed. If you're going like, I'm not sure where I'm going in life, good news. This is where you're headed. This is where Jesus is taking you. Your job's taking you there. That's the point of your job's point of your marriage, point of your kids. It's the point of where you live. All those things, it's all leading you towards this. this is what Jesus wants for you. This is where he's taking you. And in doing those things so that, verse 14, so that we may no longer be children, not tossed to and fro by the waves that, and carried about by every wind of doctrine and by human cunning and by the craftiness of deceitful schemes. And so last week, I got a little bit of an opportunity to unpack how each one of us get to walk in those cultures. So I won't rehash that. If you missed last week's message, you can go back and watch it on one of our platforms, YouTube, Facebook, or otherwise. But these, what it says here is that these leadership mantles, they're gonna continue. They're gonna keep going until we all get to maturity. Meaning these leadership roles are still in operation to this very moment. But what he's saying is it's not just enough to see it. We got to start asking the question, what role of leadership do you have in my life? God is asking and calling us to engage and to grow in our capacity to help others flourish, right? Because that's where life is. Because we've all figured this out. At some point in time, if you've gotten to live in any amount of time in life, and you've gotten to walk through real circumstances and real relationships and real situations in life, here's what we've all figured out. Living just for ourselves is empty. It just never fulfills. You can look out for number one for as long as you want to, and you'll never come alive. If your life is about taking care of number one first, as they often say, at least culturally, you never end up finding the fullness of life. And let me tell you why. Because Jesus made you just like him. You're crafted just like him, made in his image is what it says. And you'll just never be satisfied with only looking out for yourself. You're just made for so much more. And so he's saying, we're not doing, we don't want to just think on ourselves, but there's a wiring, there's a uniqueness, there's a leadership culture you carry that's going to change the world around you. And the more that you know it and the more you say yes to it, you're going to find yourself changing lives. And I can tell you, there's nothing more thrilling 
than changing lives. There's nothing more thrilling than changing lives. So the point of putting on the magnifying glass on this text, Ephesians 4, is to begin to identify how God has wired us internally, that you have a leaning into leadership to help make the church better, to help her grow, to help us grow. And so we're going to see through scripture that our giftings and our personalities that we carry are really varied and really numerous. It's just as sure as we looked at the disc profile or that Myers-Briggs or any one of the Enneagram or whatever it is, we're also uniquely wired. And that's great. But every one of us has a leadership culture. And that leadership culture is how you're going to take your personality and your gifts. And that's how you're going to touch the world. Right, so you got your uniqueness that's awesome, and it's going to fit, and it's and the the vehicle for taking all that you are and all your uniqueness is leaning into this leadership culture and finding out how God's wired you. So here's what we're going to do today: we're just going to unpack so quickly the first of these leadership cultures within the church, the apostolic leader. That's what we're going to do. We're going to take just a few minutes. We're going to unpack this as quickly and as efficiently as we can. There's no way we could possibly get through all of the depths of this, but I want to just take a moment and go, what does it look like to be an apostolic leader in, in 2022? What does that mean? What does that mean for the church? What does that mean for you if you're one of those? And if you're not, it's good to know that because you're going to walk in life with people who do have that. And so we're going to be able to do this together, okay? All right, so... What does the word apostle mean? Here's this simple, simple definition. Apostle literally means sent one. That's all it means. It doesn't mean only the old dudes who wrote scripture. It doesn't mean it has, it just means one who's sent, one who's being sent on purpose, on mission, right? That Greek word is apostolos. You can't get any more close to that, right? This is what this word means. It means one who's getting sent. And we tend to think about those, the old guys, right? We tend to think about the original 12 apostles that followed Jesus. We know about those guys. We're thankful for those guys. There's a special place for those guys, even in Revelation chapter 21, saying that they're going to be, there's a special honor for them at the end of the age. So they, they got to play a special and unique role. The guys that Jesus handpicked, that's powerful. But guess what? There's a whole mess of them after those guys. There were more. In fact, you can look at seven more that were actually named in the scripture. These weren't guys that walked in ministry with Jesus, but they were, they by faith walked and listened to the gospel message and they turned their hearts and they believed that they were meant to be sent as well. And so you've got guys like Paul and Apollos and Timothy and Sylvanus and Barnabas and Epaphroditus and all those, all those dudes were hanging out going, hey, we feel sent and called to be a part of this. And if you want to get into all the debates and stuff, there's a couple more people that were named that nobody knew their names, but they were called apostles. And then there's another couple of people that there's some debate about. One of those was possibly a woman. And so we, if you want to scrap on all that, we can scrap on all that. Okay. I love that. But the point is this, there were people in the church who were not the original 12 were called to be sent to help people know and walk and love Jesus more. And those people were pouring into more people. And what Paul is saying is, there's, there's a reason I'm raising these guys and gals up. And that is to see more of those raised to be sent. I'm gonna tell you right now, if you think that Jesus only wanted 12 sent, 
you've misunderstood Jesus' heart for you. He wanted more sent. He wants more sent ones who are listening to him and walking with him. And so here's what, what I wanna ask. What if, just what if, we dropped the capital A apostle, right? What if we just dropped that idea? Because listen, no one's writing scripture anymore. No one has that responsibility. Jesus grabbed those guys that were near to him. He authored them through his Holy Spirit. He gave that to them. Guess what? No one has the responsibility to write scripture anymore. Okay? No one has to work in that. No one's speaking with that kind of authority. No one's even asking for that. Nor is Paul asking for that in this text. He's actually writing to the church to say, we're looking for more who want to be raised up. And so we want this role of leadership to begin to operate in its fullness. And so what exactly do apostles, little a, apostles look like in Jesus' church? Meaning, what was Jesus trying to empower to make his church grow? That's the question. Well, I love, in doing some of my research, I love uh, using a, a book from J.R. Woodward called Creating a Missional Culture. And I love his description of what apostles are. Because you know what he says? He says, apostles are dream awakeners. Dream awakeners. And I thought that was, man, this is such a great definition of what it means to be an apostolic leader. Because simply put, apostolic leaders help awaken others to partner with God in the advancement of his kingdom. It's that simple. They want to help awaken. They feel a sense and a stirring that there's something that God wants to do. And they go, I want to help make it happen. And I thank God for those people. And so the question is, well, how do they do it? What's it actually look like? Because it's entirely possible there are some in this room, some of you that have this apostolic calling on your life. You're meant to stir something up, to help people see the work that God is doing across the face of the earth, in the context and culture and the places that you are to begin to see it. So how does that actually happen? I want to look at that. Number one, I'm just going to give you a couple things, actually three things that are really simple, and then we'll finish up. What time are we supposed to be finished with this service? I can't, the new service time is messing me up. We just went to two services. If you're new, we just went to two services. I have no idea what time it is. 10.15, thank you. Thank you, Spence. Okay, somebody on staff actually knows what we're doing for the grace and the glory of God. Okay, number one, apostolic leaders stir people to see their calling. They stir people to see their calling and the impact of the kingdom of God on their lives. This is what apostolic leaders do right? They see the need for kingdom movement. They look and they go, there's something that God wants to do with this group of people or in this place or among that area. And what they do is they start to visualize and they start to get a vision for how God could change the landscape over that group of people or with that in that time frame or over in that place or among this people here. And they start to see movements that God wants to do. And they feel stirred internally. That's what they want to do. Now, I've mentioned before, um, I, I, I like reading uh, biographies. It's just one of the great nerdy things about me. 
And I, I like reading about the old guys, I like reading about old leaders and, and decisions that they made, but I have also enjoyed reading biographies of some of the newer leaders or guys that have led big corporations or businesses and seeing their leadership mind at work and watching kind of how they made decisions. So it's really, really interesting. I'm talking about guys like Steve Jobs or Phil, uh, with uh, Apple or, or Phil Knight at Nike. And one of those things, when you see this, you see this uh, clock moving in their head. And we call it that entrepreneurial gift or that entrepreneurial leadership where they see, what they do is they, they see that there's this unique gap and they think they have an idea of how to fill it. They see that there's something off in the horizon that doesn't exist and they wanna be able to push in and create something where something doesn't already exist. And so they're leaders imagining something that culturally could change the game. And so what was, but what's amazing about their stories and watching their journeys is whether or not they were good guys or bad guys, that's a whole nother thing. But just as they're watching the totality of what's happening in the landscape around them, the culture around them, they're trying to figure out what does it look like to create something new in this place. And as they do it, it's not just about the, it's literally not just about the cool product that they're going to bring to the market. What's amazing is how they're able to stir others to come along with them. That they have a vision that they're able to call people into. That they're able to bring people along to be a part of something bigger. This in my mind is this gift of visionary leadership that comes from God. It's a common grace that he gives and he's wanting to call it. And he's going, listen, use that gift for businesses and to create opportunities for people through uh, uh, be able to help cover their homes and to be able to bring services and products and, and health and, and, and wealth into people's lives. That, those are great things. But listen, above and beyond that, there's a leadership in God's kingdom. And he's saying, what you have is bigger than just creating or starting businesses or looking for opportunities in the marketplace. But can you see and imagine leadership in the kingdom? I'd just like to suggest if you have found yourself, or maybe you might even call yourself an entrepreneur or feel like you've got an entrepreneurial spirit in you, that this is often found and attached and connected to this apostolic leadership where you can go, I see something that isn't there and I wanna, I wanna step into it and create an opportunity for someone to grow. To look and to be able to go, hey, I don't wanna just use my giftings in this way, but I wanna create cultures of discipleship and see people come to know Jesus. That's what we do. It's what, it's what the apostolic leader does, right? Apostolic leaders also help followers of Jesus to reflect and to refocus their lives by helping them open their eyes to what God is doing. They're actually able to help people start to think differently, in fact. Listen, have, I want you to hear this. Having an apostolic call on your life doesn't mean you have to start some massive movement from scratch. That's not what it's talking about. Apostolic culture carriers can simply see where there's a need for movement of, of the gospel. They see the need for movement and they can grab people and rally them to come along and move something in a unique and powerful way. It could be a discipleship initiative that you do in your neighborhood 
It could be something that you do just in the, with the folks in your office. It could be some leadership to help reach a new people that your church or that our church isn't able to yet reach. It could be a, a leadership mantle that just comes and says, listen, how can we better mobilize the kingdom of God to reach and touch people's lives? Having that visionary leadership, it's a critical piece of what these servants do that are sent. And I love that picture, these sent ones, right? Because we're not talking about capital A apostles who are trying to foster movements around their personality. No, we're not talking about leaders who come in and say, I'm the charismatic leader and I've got all the things figured out. So if you'll do my way and these four easy steps, then you'll get, we're not talking about that. We're talking about sent people who want to serve and see God's kingdom built in the places all around, not trying to stir up problems. You know, if, you, if you've ever wondered why the church might have struggled with this gift or this area of leadership, it's often because we'll see abuses, right? If someone comes in and says, I'm, I'm Apostle Keith, and you'll treat me as such, I can promise you, you've missed the heart of what this gift is, what this leadership role is. It's about being sent to serve people. And that's what he's talking about. I love sent servants. To see sent servants who care about seeing people's lives touched by the gospel. Um, some of you guys know we, uh, we, we partner with several different uh, organizations and ministries and uh, people that have gone out that are going out. One of the missionaries, if you will, that we support, named Casey and Heather Goff. And um, they're good friends of ours. They were uh, years spending, uh, they were years in uh, Budapest in Hungary. And they were serving there. They had felt sent, if you will, to go out and to, to raise up church plants all over Eastern Europe. They've had a heart for Eastern Europe, been serving there for now seven years in e the Eastern Europe, that they had to come off for a season to get, get refreshed, get healthy. And as they were looking to go back out, uh, they were trying to figure out where they were going to go next. And I remember, Casey, was, it was such an encouragement to me. And so we'd, we'd sit down and we'd go, um, we'd go to a, a Thai food place over in, um, in, uh, in Brentwood because I couldn't get anybody else to go there with me. But he, he would go there with me. And so we'd go and eat and we'd hang out and talk and we'd encourage each other and speak life over each other. And if you have any relationships where you could just spend just an hour and get refreshed and get encouraged. And we do that. And I started to think, hey, I wonder if God brought you guys to our church while they were trying to get rest and trying to figure out where they were going to go out next. I just had this thought. I wonder if they're being called to help make disciples here in our church and just started to think about what could it be if, if Casey were to come on and just be a part of our team here. So I remember we're sitting over Thai food and I remember going, hey, man, I just want to throw this out to you. What would, would it even be possible for you to think about helping us make, grow disciples here at this church? And he looked at me and he said, not a chance. No way, bro. Not a chance. No, he was actually a little more gracious than that. But here's what he would, I'm so sent to Eastern Europe. I care about those people. They found a, 
country that has almost no movement of the gospel going, no modern day movement of the gospel at all in a country called Slovenia. And so they just said, we're going there. And I tried to tempt him like, hey, man, it's going to be awesome. I was like the, literally the devil. I'm the worst. It was bad. But he was like, no. I, and he was, so, he was so incredibly gracious and he loved our church so much, but they just felt this heart to go and to be. And I just appreciated that so much. We call those guys missionaries, but you know what the Bible calls them? Apostles. They're just sent ones. If I called Casey an apostle right now, if he were in the room, he'd be like, oh my gosh, please don't, don't do that because he doesn't want the title. But the truth is, is he's trying to plant churches where there are no churches. And he just sees the need. And you know what's amazing? You don't have to go to Slovenia to have that heart. Some of you have an apostolic leadership on your life and it's meant to turn this city upside down. And all I wanna say as a church is we wanna help you do that. We wanna help you foster the leadership that God has in your heart to touch people's lives. This is the point of having this. Do I have to be a missionary? Do I have to be a missionary to, to be an apostolic leader? The answer is no way, man. Because, and we'll finish with this, apostles call the church to participate in advancing God's kingdom through just multiplying disciples and groups and ministries and churches. And so how does it start in the life of a church? It just starts real simple. If you feel a call, the, answer, the question is this, who do you feel called to, to love on, to encourage? If this is your bent, I wanna encourage you because it just starts by grabbing two or three people and just go, let's grow the kingdom of God in us together. We start there and then we get others involved and we start moving people around and then all of a sudden we have a movement of men or we have a movement of women that are growing and they're not just leading in church, but they're starting to lead in the community and we're looking at creating more churches and opportunities to send leaders out to plant. That's what apostles do. They just help awaken dreams. They just, they, they go, hey, God's got something in your life and I just wanna help you. I see you. I wanna see the best things that God has coming alive in you. They help activate people in their calling. Man, the church is in need of people who are just ready to help activate. That's what we need. That's what we're looking for. That's what this, this leadership gift is. And so I just want to say, listen, if this is you, great. Hey, if you're going, this sounds awesome. I just don't know if this is me. Good news. There's literally four other leadership cultures. You don't have to worry. You're gonna, we're going to hit you at some point in time. But if this is you, if you're trying to discern if you're an apostolic leader, I have just a few questions and I'm gonna, we're gonna finish, literally finish out. Um, so here's how to discern if you're an apostolic leader. And I just have a few questions for you to be able to ask. Number one, uh, are you eager to invite people into leadership or to in, into discipleship in, in, in our church or in the church? If you're new with us and this is not our church yet, just in Jesus' church. To when you sense a void of just actual real movement of the gospel, do you desire to help rally and make it happen? Like you see in the gap and you're going, how can we get that thing moving? Do you feel passionate about helping people discover and live out their God-given calling? If you love helping people step into their calling, this is a great opportunity. This may be you. 
Do you hunger to bring the gospel into places and people groups that have little or no tangible witness anywhere? And ultimately, do you desire to equip others to do the same thing as you? Those are a few questions. If, if, you, if we went too fast, we can send these out to you, no problem. Some of you feel this way, and I just wanna bless this work that God's doing in you. You can, guys can go ahead and put your stuff away. In fact, put your stuff away. You guys stand with me. We're gonna close out. Father, we just wanna finish this morning by just saying we thank you for your kingdom and we wanna be faithful to just say yes to the unique leadership that you're giving to us. Not everybody's gonna be an apostolic leader. It's not for everyone. But there are some that you're calling here this morning just to keep saying yes to you. I thank God, I thank you, Father, for just all of these areas. I look forward to unpacking what it means to be a pastor and what it means to be an evangelist and a prophet and what it means to be a teacher, all of those things. These are all unique and beautiful gifts. But before we get to those in the ensuing weeks, I just want to take this chance to bless everyone that feels called to be sent. Maybe they don't ever leave this place. They may never leave this town. But here in the, and among Jesus' people, you feel called. You have a sense that you're meant to help stir up new works. You have visionary leadership for something more. Create new opportunities for the gospel to grow among men or women or in your workplace. Or, and I just want to speak blessing. If that's you, I'm not going to ask you to come up front or do anything that would make you uncomfortable. But just as we're praying and as we're giving our heart to the Lord, if you have a sense that you might, you might have apostolic leadership in your life, not, not saying I'm an apostle or you're not trying to, but if, it, if you feel like you have some measure of that calling on you, would you just be willing to raise your hand so we can pray for you this morning and say, I think that's me. Good. Raise it up. Thanks. It's good. Yeah. Thank you for being honest. I'm just gonna pray. Well, one, I think the most important thing, you can put your hands down. I think the most important thing is just to ask God to begin to activate in new and fresh ways this leadership role for you. So Father, we just bless right now. In fact, if, you're, if, if this isn't you, don't worry, because I think it's, you're gonna be gifted in one of these other areas. But if, would you just pray with me for these that have raised their hands? You guys that are joining us at home, we're gonna pray for you as well. Father, I'm asking right now in the name of Jesus that you would stir up this gift, this leadership role. And would you call them forward into saying yes to you? Would you show them the people they're being sent to right now? Right in the, it could be right in the epicenter. It might be something that is, has yet to come, but it might be right in the epicenter of their lives. But Lord, I'm just asking right now that you'd bless them. I bless them right now to step into their calling and destiny in you, to say yes to you, to listen to your voice on a Tuesday afternoon when they're in the middle of making all the things happen. God, would they hear your voice and walk with you and know you?
I bless them. I thank you for the leadership that you're cultivating. Father, now for everyone who's not really called in, into this, don't, don't necessarily feel called as an apostolic leader. I just bless them right now to not feel shame. In fact, if there's any kind of toxic shame because you're going, oh, I'm just such a bad leader. I don't have this or I don't have that. Let me just tell you, that's not from the, that's not from the Lord. That's from the enemy. And God has other things for you to do in his kingdom. I thank you, God, that you have a full measure of things for every person in this room. And I look forward to getting to it. So I bless, Father, every person here to just continue to say yes to you in the ways that you've crafted them. I bless them in their journey and I ask God that you'd fill them fully. We'll finish this morning by having just a couple of prayer partners. If you'd just love someone to pray over you and, and your gift area or your leadership culture, we'd love to just be able to partner with you, lay hands and just say, God, thank you. Thank you for these. So whatever that is, whether it's apostolic or other, another kind of leadership, we would love to pray with you. Or honestly, we'll pray with you about anything going on in your life. That'll be available here. So our prayer partners will be here. We'd love for you guys to hang out, grab coffee. Um, if you wanna hang around for a little while, I'm sure you'll see the second service people coming in. You can give them a hug. We'd love having you guys here. We're ready to grow together and to encourage and bring life to each other. Father, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord right now lift up his countenance upon you and give you supernatural peace today and tomorrow and the next day. In the name of Jesus, the Messiah, Son of God and Savior of the world, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Blessings. We'll see you.